You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. To the first, the inaugural episode of Hit the Books, the only weekly SmackDown Live booking podcast hosted by us. I am Ryan Knightsey, and with me, as always, is Mikey Streetlight Manfredi O. Manfredi. <laughs> I like that one. Mikey, that how's one. it going? <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? I that one. It, it's a stretch of a pun, but I thought Streetlight Manfredi O was pretty good for all those ska fans out there. Um, ska fan Sami Zayn is (laughs) Sami Zayn unites the ska fans around the world Um, as we are another another podcast that also I guess or Mikey guess listens to ska Mikey you love ska don't you yes it is my favorite music and it is so happy and so hype and I love it so much does Streetlight Manifesto Where's that rank in your top 10 or top five or top one or whatever? Where's that rank for you? It's in like the top three. Top three? That That's pretty my top, good. There's my a... top three favorite bands are like Real Big Fish, Less Than Jake, and Streetlight Manifesto. Oh, getting a little bit of music Mikey out of the way uh, on his top three skas. Uh, I like it. I love the stuff. Uh, but we're not here, Mikey. To t- we have a lot on the docket of the show today. We're not here necessarily to to give everyone your music reviews, although we may give that later <laughs> in like other episodes. Uh, we are here to book SmackDown Live. Uh, it is our job to book S- SmackDown Live every week uh, between the two of us. It's going to be a lot. We have a lot to do. But first, we want to do is last weekend was um, TakeOver Brooklyn 4 and SummerSlam at the Barclays Center. So we figured we wanted to review that a little bit, and then we'll go straight into the booking uh, and k- do what people have come here for. Uh, but let's, we, we got to ta- talk about what's, what went down on TakeOver, what went down at SummerSlam. Like, we we got to talk about what's happening in the world of wrestling. So we do that in this segment called The Pre-Show. <laughs> that just like a two-hour pre-show this this show will not okay well this show will not last this won't last two hours this pre-show hopefully will not last two hours oh it's not but um <laughs> no, <laughs> i mean we can if we want to we're the ones doing it um but just like the wwe SummerSlam pre-show we're here giving you choice choice things actually honestly i like the pre-show at SummerSlam. i know we're, we're gonna do takeover first and we'll get to SummerSlam. i thought it was a pretty good pre-show i thought the matches were fairly solid yeah it wasn't um, bad we'll get to more of that later probably but yes uh first off let's in our pre-show let's talk about what happened this weekend uh takeover brooklyn four and SummerSlam. uh mikey you watched both of these yep yes i was around for both of them and I have my thoughts on both as well. Okay. Let's let us start with TakeOver 4. 
um, because that was on Saturday. Let's let's just go. I figure let's just go. Kind of, we have a lot. There's a lot of matches to talk about. I figure we kind of just go quick, give our initial thoughts, or give us our thoughts, and then we'll give our rating. Our instead of a star rating, we'll give everyone a meatball rating. Um, how many meatballs uh, would you give each match? How many spicy meatballs? Yeah, how many spicy meatballs would you give each match? Um, instead of rating it spicy scale, which we do for our booking, we'll give it how many meatballs? Because Meltzer has the stars, we can keep the meatballs. So now we have a spicy scale and a meatball scale? <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we're on a meatball scale. Uh, so, at TakeOver Brooklyn 4, we had, I believe, five matches. We'll go bit by bit, Mikey. Give us your thoughts. Um, Undisputed Era defeats Mustache Mountain uh, for the to retain their NXT Tag Team Championships. Mikey, what were your thoughts on the match? Uh, my thoughts on this match were that it was hands down match of the night. Ooh, really? They put on such an amazing show, and they both teams did like an incredible job. And this match was absolutely insane. I I think it was the match of the night, honestly. Really, it, it has it says something when your match of the night is also your opener match of your pay per view, like your opening match. Your, your if your opening match is like a potential for a five meatball classic, then you that's like that is a good sh- that is a that is a strong start to a weekend of wrestling. If Aunt Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven go out there and able to do what they're able to do, I mean, in my opinion, Mikey Tyler Bate is MVP of this match. I agree 100%. Tyler Bate was unbelievable. Unbelievable. You're looking at this kid. He is, what, 21, I think? I don't know if he's 22 yet, but I think he's 21. He's vegan. He's able to just one-arm. Yeah, he is 21. He's just able to one-arm pick up Kyle Riley and then throw him over and then do that, like, what, sort of like a swing airplane combo? I I couldn't even believe it. It was, like, it was, I was in awe of what Tyler Bate was doing all night, like that whole match. He was MVP. And this doesn't take it away from Kyle Riley, Roderick Strong, or Trent Seven. They were equally as great. But Tyler Bate just shines uh, throughout this match. Really, really good. How how many meatballs? How many meatballs, Mikey? Uh, I gave it the five meatballs. I gave it the whole five meatballs. I thought Ooh. it was an amazing match, and I thought it went up super well. And I was hook the entire time and i i give it five meatballs i thought it was i thought it was great wow that's that's five meatballs it gets uh next up moving right along because we got a lot of matches to talk about um a lot of things to talk about velveteen dream defeats ec3 in 15 minutes for no titles just the normal singles match but velveteen dream defeats ec3 mikey your thoughts um i thought the storytelling in this match was pretty good uh, Velveteen and EC3 did a good job. Um, I'm still not exactly hooked on EC3's character as much as I am on uh, Velveteen. So I figured it was going to be mostly Velveteen carrying the match, and it kind of was. But I thought it was very good, and Velveteen hitting his finishers on the apron was absolutely bonkers. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the character of Velveteen Dream, we've seen it at... at countless takeovers beautiful everything he does from his tights to his uh wardrobe choices oh, to his any, tights. like his, his moveset. 
were incredible. his tights are beautiful every every single match i mean you got the he debut or debuts sort of takeover with that alistair black velveteen dream uh sort of like rick rude s tights then you get like the um i think the ricochet tights which were literally just ricochets uh his prince puma tights like those were great i mean the call me up vince from takeover with ec3 was great i mean yeah for those who don't know uh Takeover last at Takeover last weekend at NXT Takeover Brooklyn Four, Velveteen Dream had tights that just on his ass said "Call me up, Vince," and I think that's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It's it's amazing that like you can get so much out of the character of Velveteen Dream just by the fact that on his butt it just says "Call me up, Vince." Like it's like, oh, I know who this guy is. He's a he is a cocky motherfucker. And he is going to prove why he's that great. And then he wins the match and is like, oh, he is that great. Velveteen Dream is just great. Oh, yeah. He is just great. I mean, I, I sort of agree with you that the EC3 character, I think he, it's weird to say that, like, I feel like he's sort of, like, kind of lost in the shuffle. Um, I get, like, his character that he is sort of this, like, rich boy uh, and that he is the top 1%. But it, I mean... I think EC3 is one of those people kind of, in my opinion, kind of like Cassius Ono, where he's kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. I mean, Cassius Ono wasn't even on this card uh, at all, uh, and he's an amazing wrestler. Uh, Lars Sullivan wasn't on this card at all, and he's an amazing wrestler. Like, there's, they have a lot of people, and I mean, now we're going to get like Keith, we have Keith Lee, we're now going to get Matt Riddle. Like, there are some people that shine above the rest, like Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, Adam Cole, Tomasa Champa, Johnny Gargano, all these Pete Dunn, all these guys. That like EC3, it, he's an amazing wrestler. He has amazing persona. He's so much. He's so charismatic, but he is sort of like I don't know, lost in the shuffle a little bit for me. I would. I want to see. I want to see something more. I don't know. I don't know who you feud him with. Um, to to do something like that, maybe Ono, maybe they can lift each other up, maybe like a ricochet type. I don't know. Like he he needs something. He needs something. I agree with you. Uh, EC three hasn't he hasn't had his like moment to shine yet, and I think that's criminal because he's very good, and I think he could be amazing once he gets that moment, and if they get it right. Um, but so far he just doesn't have any like luster. Like he's good, but he's just not amazing in my eyes yet you know Mm -hmm. next up for the nxt north american championship in 15 minutes and 19 seconds ricochet defeats and wins the nxt north american championship from adam cole what were your thoughts on this match mikey before we move on to that uh i gave dream versus ec3 four meatballs Oh, thank you. I almost forgot about our meatballs. Four out of five meatballs. That's still good. I mean, that's like still pretty good. Uh, next up, so yes, next up, Ricochet, Adam Cole. Thoughts? That match was insane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Adam Cole's feet are sniper rifles. <laughs> <laughs> I, that moonsault, that springboard moonsault. That moonsault superkick spot was insane and adam cole hit it perfectly while the while ricochet was upside down like what the hell i mean i remember as a child being amazed by the shelton benjamin Shawn michaels super kick which that is 
god tier in its own right. But if that was god tier, this must have been like like Olympia, like like immediately die. I die and go to Olympia and just just watch that that gif over and over again. Like he was upside down. Pinpoint accuracy from Adam Cole. Um, amazing match. I got it. I top down amazing match. Like Ricochet Adam Cole. Like there's big things for Ricochet and Adam Cole. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes to next. Uh, where Adam Cole goes next. Uh, who Ricochet could face. I mean, maybe an EC3, maybe a Velveteen Dream. A Ricochet Velveteen Dream two match would be amazing for this title. Would oh be my god, wonderful. Uh, like, where does he go from here? I'm excited. Um, uh, what sort of meatball rating would you give this match, Mikey? I gave this a 4.75 meatball rating. I thought it was a phenomenal match, and I think it was a little, it was really good, and they were both very good in the ring. I thought it, it kind of lacked the storytelling a little bit of, like, what the whole feud was about, but I thought it was still very good. Mm Mm-hmm. This this match was more reliant on spots. I felt like like really big, crazy spots than anything else. Not that it was bad because those spots were executed wonderfully, but I think it was mm-hmm. a four point seven five meatball rating. This is not a takeaway from Ricochet or Adam Cole, but yeah, they are they are especially Ricochet. It's sort of a sort of as as some people say a spot fest. Like he does do a lot of spots. They're amazing feats of athleticism that I can never do in my on my best day or any day. Uh, what he does is just defy gravity. He is the one and only that can do that. But yeah, I mean that exactly. Uh, it, I would love to see a match from Ricochet where it's less spots and more like he is forced to be grounded, which Adam Cole tried to do in this match. He tried to keep him grounded and it just didn't really work. Um, he wrote Ricochet rose above it, but. If you can get a match that Ricochet's forced to be down and be more um, methodical, maybe I don't know. That could be that could be an interesting side of Ricochet that I don't think anyone's seen. I in think a while. Should, uh, yeah, give him a little more technicality. Mm-hmm. See, see what he can do instead of just mm-hmm. flying around the ring. Um, next up, uh, you said four point seven five meatballs for Adam Cole and Ricochet, correct? Yes, I have four point seven five for the North American title match. Kyrie Sane defeats Shayna Baszler to win the NXT Women's Championship. Mikey, I thought this was a pretty good match. This was a really good match. I love this match. Really good. Thoughts on this match, Mikey? I agree with you. This match is amazing. Both performers put on such a show. I think it was Shayna, Baszler, Shayna Baszler's best match she's ever had. Kyrie Sane also was awesome, and she really, she really kind of showed she like the storytelling was very good in this match because she did. She showed her killer instinct that Shayna Baszler said she was lacking. I thought it was an amazing, amazing showing. Um, I gave it. Well, I'll, I'll talk about the meatballs later, but I thought it was a great showing. I'm very glad Kyrie is the champion now because she has worked so hard for it, and I think she was very deserving of it. And the pirate finally found her treasure. Yes, she did finally find her treasure. She actually tweeted out. Uh, I want to say like last night. We're recording this Monday morning. She tweeted, I think, last night on Sunday, uh, a picture of like a treasure chest, and inside the treasure chest was the NXT NXT Women's Championship, which I was like, oh my god, that's perfect. She's perfect. She can do no wrong. She's very perfect. Um, I think this also uh, maybe gives me a little uh, a little suspicion of a Shayna Baszler call up. I think we'll talk about that. I have a question for you, and we'll talk about that later. But I 
honestly, for me, it could go either way. I thought Shayna Baszler can get called up and maybe tag with Ronda for a little bit. But, I mean, now that Ronda's the women's championship, the women's champion, which we'll talk about later, I don't know. Like, does Ronda really need backup, sort of like Shayna? Are we looking towards a possible four horsemen of MMA versus four horsemen of WWE at Survivor Series? That could be freaking dope. Who knows? Uh, it, even if she gets called up, I don't know where she would go. I get, Raw makes sense, I guess, but you also already have Ronda. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with her. Uh, what sort of meatball rating would you give Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler? Uh, I also gave this one a 4.75. Ooh, awesome. Your meatballs. Th- this is a really good show for you. This is this is the show. This was an amazing. The, the lowest. <laughs> I can tell you right now that the lowest rating match was a 4.0. So yeah, it was very good. <laughs> Uh, and I, and I believe the next match, the only match left is Tomasa Champa defeating Johnny Gargano in a last man standing match for the NXT championship. Are you insinuating that you gave this match a 4.0? I gave this match a 4.25. A 4.25. Oh, my mistake. Dream and EC3 got a 4.0. EC3, you're right. That is correct. Iris remembered. So you get, you said this got a 4.25. Why did it get that? It was an amazing match. It was, uh, Gargano Champa match, which are always incredible to watch. Um, storytelling wise, it was great. I didn't like the ending. Why'd you, why'd you not like the ending? Or what about the ending did you not like? I don't know. I think I don't think like I I think that should not have been the ending. I think they both should have gotten up at nine, even though and they could have still told the story that Gargano hurt himself so bad that like he almost cost himself the title. Um but like I, I know what Triple H, I know what happened. I heard with the interview with Triple H on how it was an improv ending. But as viewers, we aren't really supposed to know that. I guess you know, like we're supposed to believe that that's how they planned the ending to be, and that's what it was supposed to be. And if that was was what it was supposed to be, I don't think it was as strong as it should have been. And I don't. There was kind of a lack of like there was a bunch of it was a spot fest again. Like there was a lack of good wrestling i feel like it was just a lot of big spots where they tried to get it like i guess that's what a last man standing match is but i think there could have been a little more wrestling happening i think Mm -hmm. i mean you're coming at this like this match is going to be a fight like johnny gargano is coming at this with this aggressive angry more more aggressive side against tomasa champion so it's a fight is what you're going to get in this match. Like the amount of, I thought the amount of callbacks that they had with the various different like um, weapons and props that they used in the past, the the, the whole, um, that's not, stretcher's not what it's called. What is it called? Uh, you thing you have when you're, when you're, when your leg is hurt and you're walking around the with crutch. it. Crutch. That's the word. Uh, the when you're walking yeah, around no, for crutch. I agree. I like the storytelling with the weapons a lot. Like I like the, the crutch. They had the handcuffs again. Um, I was excited that they finally brought out tables, even though that kind of that was fun. Yeah, it's it was. I thought, from in my opinion, I thought it was a great match. I love the I love just the the ability of storytelling and in tiny tiny details like that with the crutch. I mean, handcuffs sort of tables a little bit, like the storytelling that are able to tell. Like like I saw uh, someone saying that, or I noticed actually that. Um, 
that uh, Tomasa Champa, when he like gave the referee at the beginning of his match, like the belt, instead of like kissing the belt part, he kissed like his nameplate on the side, that like Champa nameplate on the side. Just like those sort of details of like, oh God, you like, it's the details of like these characters that make them so like, I don't want to say likable because I don't want to say Ch- Tomasa Champa is likable, but there's details about these guys that are just like, oh my God, there's. Ah, uh, just it makes me as a fan. It makes me enjoy it much more. I agree with that, and I I do like the little details. Another little detail I really liked was well, not really little, but Gargano did a play on his Spider-Man attire, but it was Venom, mm-hmm. and I thought that mm-hmm. was super clever because it's like Tommaso Ciampa is Gargano symbiote almost, like corrupting him, and I think that was super cool. Yeah. I, the the costuming uh, on t- on in NXT a little bit of WB main roster as well, but just NXT's costuming is the story of the costumes is his own thing. It's just beautiful. Um, and you said you gave this four point two five meatballs. Um, uh, I had a couple questions for you, Mikey. Um, just a couple. Um, First one, is this do you think that this is the end of the Gargano Champa storyline for now or do you think it's going to continue in some way? I don't think it I don't think this is going to end until Gargano takes that title from Champa. Do you think he ever will before they get both get called up for main roster? I think it's going to happen. I think it's it's got to happen. I think what's I think my my idea of what's going to happen is that Gargano's going to get his moment and he's going to get the title. And then they're going to find out he's the one who attacked Black. And then they're going to strip him of the title. And that's how he's going to get called up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's sort of... So uh, I think they're going to give him his moment and also give him the call. Like, he's going to have his cake and eat it, too, I think. That's Yeah, I can see that. That sort of answers my next question was, who do you think attacked um, Aleister Black? I think it was Gargano. You think it was Gargano? I think Gargano won a champ all to himself. I think it was Gargano. What I know so far is that un, uh, Undisputed Era has been cleared, so all four of those guys did not were not involved. What I'm excited about most for this Who Done It storyline of Aleister Black is just one-on-one interrogations with every every person. EC3, Velveteen Dream, Champa, Gargano. I want to see these one-on-one interrogations so badly because if like there's nothing more of like oh I can dive more into these characters and more into like who they are their psychology than just like a one-on-one interrogation like I can figure out so much like if people are like 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 what we said if we're sort of confused about EC3 a little bit or Cassius Ono or whatever these this like sort of one-on-one interrogation moment would be that sort of thing of just like oh, I can figure who you are out more. Like, and all it is is just, what, a couple minutes on an NXT episode? It, mm-hmm. And the chance of having William, seeing more William Regal part, be part of that. I'm there for it even more. I, I want this. I want one-on-one. I want to figure out who these people are more. EC3. Like, you can even get people like, I don't know, Raul Mendoza or uh, Kona Reeves, the finest. Uh, you can get Keith Lee, Matt Riddle. I doubt Matt Riddle attacked him, but, you know, you can get these people. Uh, and we can see more of the characters and figure out who they are. Um, it, would just, it would just make it, I, in my opinion, 
these you can you have a chance. Let's let's take it. Let's figure out who that these people are. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I think that's a really rad idea, and I think that would be good for a lot of people's characters who we don't get to see as often. Um, this leads me to another question: Who do you think did it? Who do I think did it? Um, well, with Undisputed Era no longer in there, uh, I don't think it's Adam Cole. I I guess it could be Adam Cole, but I, he's not. I guess anymore. I don't think I would think it would be someone new that he hasn't had like a real rivalry with. So I don't think it's Velveteen Dream. I don't. It could be Cassius Ono. He is the knockout artist. Um, but that may be that might be a red herring. Um, Lars Sullivan is a monster. I sort of agree with the idea that like maybe these all people like Cassius Ono, Lars Sullivan. Maybe you're all red herrings. Maybe it, I could see it being Gargano. If I had the, if I had to give one pick, hmm. If I had to give a pick, I would say uh, I would probably say Gargano. I would also probably say Gargano. It it feels it feels right. If you're looking at it like the character of Johnny Gargano is this guy that's taking more aggressive and he's just he's just enthralled with the idea of taking down Tomasa Champa, wouldn't it make sense for him to be like, I want Tomasa Champa one on one. I don't want Alistair Black. And wouldn't it make sense for Gargano to take out Black so that he can get Champa one on one? That that's what that's what my mindset was, and I agree with that. I think it's he wanted Champa one on one. He wanted to be the one to take him out if anybody did, and he didn't want to risk having it be uh, black. So he he did the thing. And just the hubris of a Gargano type to be like, I don't. I want to take out Champa by myself. I don't need Alistair Black, even though that would probably help his chances because Alistair Black would also be attacking Tomasa Champa in in a I triple think, threat. I think Black would be going after Gargano. Gargano's the one who cost him the title. Yeah, I mean, who? It's it could go either way. Uh, I I'm very excited. I we haven't had a who done it sort of storyline in a long time in wrestling, and these sort of like different storylines of like who done it or like invasion angles or whatever. They always excite me as a as a fan because it is sort of like we don't get to see these storylines too often. So I'm excited for what could be. Uh, last questions before we move on to SummerSlam. Uh, Mikey, if Vince called up one person to either Raw or SmackDown Live that performed at TakeOver, who do you think it would be? Velveteen. I think he just did an amazing job, and he's been consistently doing great. And I think if anyone's getting called up after this weekend, it's Velveteen. Yeah, I I sort of agree. I could see Adam Cole maybe getting called up as well. Yeah, that's, uh, maybe that's not as well, but if we had to... Why would he lose the title and undisputed era keep their tag titles like i feel i felt like that was weird yeah it i mean yeah it is sort of weird um but also you have heavy machine not heavy machinery uh war raiders on the horizon um ready to take those belts from undisputed era i mean if you're gonna bring up adam cole the question of bringing up undisputed era along with them is a very good point because that's four guys right there um what are you gonna do? I mean, bring him the SmackDown, bring the Raw, bring him up individually, like, and separate him. I, I don't know, Adam Cole. It sort of feels like it's a package deal. It looks like they're gonna start separating. I think they might call up Cole because I think he's the best by himself. 
It is true. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited forever. My prediction would be Velveteen Dream debuting on Raw tonight because um, it's very interesting. We are recording this Monday morning and we're releasing the episode Tuesday morning, so we don't know what's going to happen on Monday Night Raw or SmackDown Live. Um, so we have, I guess, we can only make predictions on what happens. So I'm excited for maybe a Velveteen Dream. Uh, let's move right along to SummerSlam. Um, Mikey, let's move to SummerSlam. Uh, okay. Um, just real quick, I don't. We don't have to give uh big reviews for the pre-show, but just give me your quick thoughts on the pre-show matches. Almas Vega ver- defeating Rusev and Lana. Quick thoughts and ratings. Uh, Almas Vega was, was Al- Almas Vega and Rusev Day was okay. Um, it wasn't a bad match. I think that. Um, that almost and Vega winning still even without an uh, Aiden English interference um, definitely helps their definitely helps them and I thought it was a solid match um, probably like three and a half meatballs okay Cedric Alexander defeats and retains the WWE Cruiserweight Championship against Drew Gulak thoughts that match was really good uh, the ending was a little awkward but otherwise, I thought it was a solid match all around, and I think it's a four meatball match. B team retains and defeats the revival for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. Uh, less good. I was really hoping the revival was going to win this one because I think they needed it very much. Um, I don't think if the B team lost, I don't think it would have hurt them at all because they're like a joke team anyway. Um, I think the revival really needed this win, and they didn't get it. And it's not great. Um, two and a half, I think. It certainly sets up a additional sort of like storyline to for them to continue and maybe get it eventually. But it's sort of like <sighs> the B team is our champions when you got the revival there. I don't know. It's it could go either way. Um, first match of the main card of the pay per view for the SummerSlam pay per view. Seth Rollins with Dean Ambrose defeats and wins the WWE Intercontinental Championship against Dolph Ziggler with Drew McIntyre on his side. Thoughts on this matchup? Um, this was a solid match. I very much I thought it was great. Uh, Seth and Ziggler did an amazing job as usual. Dean Ambrose on Seth's side was good because. Uh, Drew McIntyre did not get involved as much as he should have, or as much as he usually would have. Um, Dean Ambrose was definitely deterrent to that, and I think uh, the Dean McIntyre stare downs were uh, really, really cool. Um, and I was always waiting for like something to happen between them. I think I give that uh, a four, four meatball rating for that match. I'm excited to see where this. I mean, obviously with Seth winning the title that allows Dolph Ziggler to get a rematch clause. I'm excited to see where this sort of storyline goes with, uh, now Dean Ambrose being a part of it. Um, a Dean Ambrose, Drew McIntyre match sounds pretty dope. Dolph Ziggler, Dean Ambrose Seth Rollins, McIntyre. You have all these matchups that you can do back and forth to sort of make the pot interesting. Uh, what, where this goes, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> with a maybe possible heel turn on Dean Ambrose, or sorry, Dean Ambrose heel turn on Seth Rollins, I don't know. I think that's what they're gonna go for. I think they're gonna go for the the Ambrose is gonna turn on Rollins and go for the IC title. I think it's gonna go with Dean Ambrose eating Seth Rollins and gaining more muscle mass. 
also that. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, the New Day uh, defeats the Bludgeon Brothers by disqualification. So the Bludgeon Brothers technically retain their WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, match was solid. I gave it a three meatball rating because I didn't like. I get the ending, but I still didn't like it. Like I still wanted like, like I get that it was like New Day was putting up a fight and. Bludgeon Brothers didn't think they were going to be able to come out on top, so they DQ'd themselves to come out with the titles and make New Day look a little scarier. But I think that they could have had that same exact effect with, like, maybe, like, a desperation, like, double-team move that the ref didn't see or, like, a sneaky move that the ref didn't see and then win by pinfall. And the... Like, I still think there could... It, it It was a weird way to end that match. I mean... For me, it's nice to see the Bludgeon Brothers to do some actual bludgeoning. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it is sort of like, it's like, oh, disqualification. I guess we're going to see more of New Day and Bludgeon Brothers, which we kind of already seen before. So that's why I kind of feel like if we could include maybe Sanity in this into this feud a little bit. I don't know. We've we've seen this we've seen sort of this rivalry before, so I kind of want to see where it can go. I don't know in a different direction. I don't know it, but by disqualification, that means it's probably going to continue. Uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? What was your what was your rating for this matchup? A three, a solid three, a solid three meatballs. Uh, next up in a minute fifty. Braun Strowman defeats Kevin Owens and I guess retains his Money in the Bank contract. That would be the terminology, I guess. Um, but yes, Mikey, what were your thoughts on this two, less than two minute match? I have one word to for this match, and that word is just why. <laughs> oh, oh no! Like, <sighs> why do you say that? Like, the entire pay-per-view could have went exactly the same without this match. Like, there was no point yeah, to it. I mean... There was no point to having this match at all. Like, I love Kevin Owens, but I think they, they should have made this, like... What they should have done was have Kevin Owens do some, like, Eddie Guerrero-type shit, you know? Like, throw... Like, grab a chair while the ref isn't looking and throw it at Braun and then lay down like he got hit or something like that. Like, he should have snuck in, like, some weird tactics for him to win the match since he could have won the title, the briefcase in any way instead of it just being a squash. Cause it just being a squash made it literally like it had zero point to it. To, to counteract your point, Mikey, like I, I don't like, I don't necessarily like squash matches, but like with the amount of, we had like what, 10 matches on this card to get through and three so of I guess them squash, squash match had to be in there. But like, if I'm thinking about like a storyline point, you got you're you're trying to set up like Braun Strowman as like the monster, so de- destroying Kevin Owens is good. I-, I wish there was more. Like I don't I don't think two minutes was appropriate, but like yeah, wh- uh, there should there should have been more of Kevin Owens trying to like do some these cheap Eddie Guerrero like tactics because he knows that like oh I just have to like get disqualified or whatever count out like if I just keep Strowman outside for 10 seconds I win but like just Braun Strowman coming out there it, it sets it up that like when he came out came out later in the main event you're like oh god he he destroyed Kevin Owens earlier he could destroy Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns in no sweat I guess 
I don't know. I also I mean, we knew don't he really was s- the monster already, though. We knew he could do that already. We've seen him yeah. destroy Kevin over and over and over again. Like we know he can do that. I don't know. Yeah, and why? Then why do it? In... Was a squash match. That's true. What ratings? What meatball ratings? How many meatballs? How many meatballs? I gave it one point five. I just thought it was stupid and I didn't like mm-hmm. it. Um. Next up, you don't you don't like it. Um. Uh, next up, uh, a match that uh, some people, a lot of people liked, uh, especially the ending. Uh. A triple threat match for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair defeats Carmella and Becky Lynch. Uh. With Becky Lynch after the match uh, attacking Charlotte Flair. Uh, this match sort of gets this 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 match sort of got me heated. Uh, Mikey, let's give me your thoughts first. Oh my god, this match got me so unbelievable. I got me so unbelievably heated. <laughs> like I was mad. I was. What do you mad. mean? I was so ready. I was so ready for Becky to have her moment and win this match. Um, however, um, the match itself was very good. I thought they. All the women did an awesome job. I think Carmella didn't do that bad either. She she had some nice uh some nice spots and some nice moments of wrestling where I, that she shined a little bit. Um I think everyone pulled off a really great match. I I, I think all around the match was like a like a three point seven five meatball match for me. I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a second rating for this match, and that's the rating for the Becky heel turn, which is ten meatballs, because that was phenomenal what were your thoughts uh on the crowd during the becky heel turn because that was a debate apparently that's where i got heat that's where that's where i get heated yeah it was a becky quote unquote heel turn um i think i don't think it should have been a heel turn i think it should have been i think she should still be a face i think it's just becky letting out all of this fucking frustration because she worked so goddamn hard to get in that match and then charlotte comes back and she's like man i want my title shot and Paige is like well okay Mikey, this is the point where I got heated. This is where the point I got heated. Becky works so hard to be in that match, and then Charlotte just gets in, like, basically no problem, and comes in and wins the match and ruins Becky's shot again. And I think that's so unbelievably unfair to Becky, and I think she deserved the beat. Like, I think she deserved what she did. Like, like she earned it. She earned that beatdown that she gave Charlotte. Mikey, I am in one million percent agreement. This was the thing that got me heated, like, looking at Twitter or whatever, people complaining about, like, oh, the crowd's cheering Becky for turning heel. I was, like, sitting here, like, why why should they be booing her? Why is Becky I mean, the heel here? She should not be the heel here. It should be Charlotte. No. Becky works like, so hard would, for this. Why would anyone boo her? She's got to take it away from her. She earned that beatdown 100%. The story you've been telling is that, like, you have this, like, constant underdog, the person that never gets what we all, like, all believe she deserves. She's a, she's a fan favorite. You, like, people empathize with, like, of course people are going to cheer with her. They, they agree with her. They'll, they're, like, like, she's taking charge. She's, she's taking what she deserves. Like, this is the same sort of thing that, like, happened with sort of, like, a Sami Zayn. Like, if this ever happened with Daniel Bryan, I'm sure the crowd's going to react the same way. Like, if you have this underdog and they're they're just being aggressive, they're not turning heel. I mean, like look at like Johnny Gargano, like we said it earlier, like he's the underdog, the fighter. Like now he's getting this like aggressive streak in him and now 
like and they're like he's trying to get that moment that he deserves and then like i don't know like people complaining about the crowd or saying like it's a different audience than it used to be it's ridiculous i don't it's ridiculous in my opinion i it gets me it got me so heated i mean it the problem is it's different storytelling i mean you can't blaming you can't blame the crowd for like reacting like quote unquote incorrectly it's the writer's decision to tell that story i mean she had to beat everyone in the roster everyone in the roster to get that number one contendership back and then charlotte just shows up beats carmella and then gets into it immediately like that's why why is becky the villain like why is she the villain she worked hard she did like this is something that we all empathize with her. You work hard, you never and you never get your opportunity, and then like when someone just jumps in line ahead of you, you get mad, like and then you become the bad person. I don't get it. Like that, like like if the writers wanted cheers for this heel turn, like like if that's what they wanted, that's what like Vince wanted. Then I don't know, like shouldn't we sort of question if that's really a heel turn, if that's the case of like people, they wanted cheers or expected cheers. Like that's like, is, is like a baby face attacking another baby face. Like that's the only merit for a heel turn. I don't know. I got a little fired up about it and a little angry about it, but it's just sort of like, it doesn't, it's not a heel turn. I mean, I'll say it. It's not, not, it's not, no, if anyone should be the heel in this feud, it's Charlotte, honestly. Yeah, I mean, she's the fucking, she's the bad one in this because situation. also, Charlotte has proven she could be a good heel. Yes, she has. Becky's, like, the fact that Becky is now aggressive makes her a heel. I mean, how, why I think, would I boo I her? Becky could be the face in this feud still, and Charlotte could turn back to her heel side because we know Charlotte's a good heel, and we know Becky's the best baby face in the game. Like, yeah. What I am excited about is uh, my uh, uh, one of our tweets that we had was my prediction about this storyline. I'm very excited about it that like now with, I guess, Becky turning heel, uh, you can have this Becky Charlotte Hell in a Cell match that we're going to get. I'm, I'm calling it, Mikey, Hell in a Cell, Becky versus Charlotte. This is what I'm seeing in, the, in my third eye is opening. This is what I see on the horizon. Uh, I wish Becky won because there's also the Survivor Series matchup happening eventually. And I think Ronda versus Becky would be interesting. Uh, but I guess Charlotte would be a bigger name for that. I don't know. Like, I'm excited for where to go with Becky and Charlotte because they're very good wrestlers and they could do very good matchups. But, like, like the storyline parts of, like, it... Like, I everyone's going to agree with Becky. I don't see how like anyone could be like, Oh, cause what, what does Charlotte say? Like I deserve this. Like, doesn't Becky do that? Like, I don't get it. Like, like you've had, you've had that title. How many times now? Like, yeah, I've won. Becky's won it, it once. You've won it. What? Five, six times. We get it. We get it. We get it. Anyways, you know, like, I'm the queen and I want my throne back. Mar, mar, mar. <laughs> She's just being selfish. Yeah. Becky is the one that deserves this. She's not turning heel. So this is, this is like Charlotte couldn't like Charlotte's had that title six times and Becky's had it once. Like Charlotte couldn't be like, hey, you know what, Becky, this one's all you like, like, come on. Yeah. Give your friend her fucking shot. Like, I'm so mad. Like, like Becky has been a friend to Charlotte when Charlotte held the title and she was friends with her during then. 
and she didn't like try to be like hey let me fight you for it she was by her side and saying like oh i'm with you why couldn't charlotte do that for becky and be her friend exactly that's why charlotte's the heel in this feud to she's me. being a bad friend is what she is becky is 100 percent the face and will always be the face in my mind Moving on, WWE Championship match. Samoa Joe defeats AJ Styles by disqualification. Mikey, thoughts on this matchup? It was pretty good. It was very good. Um, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles performed like I thought they would. Uh, it was a little slow, a little slower than I thought it was going to be, but it was still a very good match, and I was very excited to see Joe and Styles together. I didn't like the DQ ending. Like, I get why it happened, mm-hmm. but... I still think there could have been an AJ loses cool moment without it having ended DQ. Yeah. Uh, what meatball rating would you give it? Four. I give it a four. I give the match a four because it was a good technical. It was a good technical match and moves were executed well. Storytelling was good. Like it was a clean match. I just didn't like how it ended. Um, next up, Miz defeats Daniel Bryan in a singles match. I thought it was very interesting that they followed up the WWE Championship match with Miz defeating, like, Miz v. Bryan. I thought that was an interesting, like, lineup of matches. I think Miz Bryan was the match of the night. You think it was, this was the match of the night? Yeah. I think it was a wonderful match, and I think the Miz winning with the, the sneaky brass knuckles from Maurice was very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited for where this goes. I mean, I guess Daniel Bryan re-upped on that contract because I'm. you're looking at maybe a multi-month feud here. I'm excited about that. I want this feud to go on. I want, just like we said on the Twitter, we want them to fight forever. Like, this feud is amazing. I love it. Let them keep fighting. <laughs> Please. How many meatballs? Uh, I gave this one 4.5. Wow. Wowza. Wowza. Uh, next up, Finn Balor. Debut, not debuts. Finn Balor comes back after, what, a year maybe? With the Demon defeating Baron Corbin in a minute 35. Mikey, thoughts on this match? Well, I guess thoughts on the Demon coming back, really. Okay. I have two thoughts on the Demon coming back. One, I don't think Corbin deserved a Demon. The second thought I had is, I'm very glad the Demon's back. It was so cool to see Finn come out with that entrance and that face paint again. And the fact that he just squashed Corbin. I think this was one of the the squash matches that made sense. For me, for me, when like the demon came out, I was just sort of like, I I was really confused about it. I got to say, I was really confused about it because I was just like, what the story of this was. Baron Corbin is fighting Finn Balor because Baron Corbin made fun of Finn Balor's height, I guess. That's what I'm saying. I don't think this feud deserved the demon, but I was just excited to see the demon back. Oh no, yeah. He he that I'm a big fan of Finn Balor. That that body paint is was something else. Uh he looked um, it is what it was needed. I mean, essentially, I guess my confusion with the storyline came to the point of saying like, oh, he's essentially saying I may be short, but I have a demon inside of me that can destroy anyone. So do not mess with me. Uh, I wish this, I hope this uh, like gives Finn Balor a little bit of that push, maybe a, 
a Finn Balor Seth Rollins match could be on its way eventually. I want to see less smiling Finn, more like that. Like, yeah, I'm not someone you mess with because if you want to start messing with me, I'll bring out the demon and destroy you. So, I'm excited for what can happen. Yeah, I think they they didn't use the they didn't use the demon of how it like usually is used, where it's like Finn brings it out for like the big match, like that he really needs it, like a big Universal Title match or like a big feud where it's been building up, building up, building up. I don't think they built up the demon enough in this match. I think they just use it as like a kind of like a shock factor. Like, whoa, look, the demon's back. Like, instead of being like, oh, Finn brought out the demon, you know? Yeah. I Yeah, no, I agree. I think it was definitely used for shock factor. Uh, would you, what, what's like the, like, I like to say that Finn didn't bring out the demon for this match. Vince brought out the demon for this match. <laughs> uh, meatball rating. Uh, I gave this one a uh, like a three. I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was pretty. I feel like that that three comes from like the fact that it was the demon. Yeah, it was the demon, and since since he was the demon, the squash made more sense. Yeah. So like, I think this was one of the like out of the three squashes of the night, two of them made sense. <laughs> yeah. Um. Next up. Shinsuke Nakamura defeats Jeff Hardy to retain the WWE United States Championship. Thoughts? Jeff, why do you keep doing this to your back? <laughs> that swanton on the apron was so scary. Terrifying. Terrifying. I saw I saw on Reddit, it was like, Jeff, oh yeah, I don't do the swanton that much because it hurts my back. Also, Jeff, just fuck me up, fam. Like... <laughs> I don't know what Jeff Hardy's thinking. He's just going to die that one day. Uh, his back is just... Uh, the match all around I thought was pretty good, though. Um, It was a good Jeff Shinsuke match, and I think that Jeff trying to go too extreme costing him the match was a good was a good way for him to lose. Um, And Shinsuke taking advantage of that was good, and I thought it was like eh, three, three and a half star match. Meatballs. Or meatball, sorry. It's meatballs. How dare you? Uh, next up, Ronda Rousey defeats Alexa Bliss for the WWE Raw Women's Championship uh, in a four-minute match. I believe this was, speaking of four minutes, I believe this is Ronda Rousey's fourth match in WWE. Um, so a minute for every match she's had as a wrestler, and she wins the WWE Raw Women's Incredible. Championship. Mikey, thoughts? Um... I thought it was good. Um, it was a squash, which made sense because I don't think Alexa Bliss would could stand up to Ronda Rousey. Um, mm-hmm. I think Ronda squashing the hell out of Bliss was incredible, um, and I think it was a good match. It was, just, it was just good. Like there was nothing too too much to say about it. Like there wasn't any huge spots. It was just good. So yeah. I give it. A, uh, but Bliss's arm scared the hell out of me because goddamn, it looked brutal at the end. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at, like, top of the sports headline tomorrow, Ronda Rousey defeating Alexa Bliss, that image of, of Alexa Bliss's arm with Ronda doing that, that is what you publish on on your newspapers and the headlines the next day. I seriously think Bliss's arm might actually, like, might, be, like, might have actually broke because that was insane. Like, that was too crazy. What's your meatball rating here? Um, I gave it a three, though, because it was good. It was just a solid match. There was nothing too crazy about it. It was just good. Nice. And finally, 
for your main event. Roman Reigns defeats, finally defeats Brock Lesnar uh, and wins the WWE Universal Championship with some weird Braun Strowman stuff in the middle in 6 minutes and 10 seconds. Mikey, what are your thoughts on Roman Reigns finally defeating Brock Lesnar and getting that WWE Universal Championship? I want to feel happier for him. I really, really do. Yeah. But I'm too mad at WWE for the shit they pulled during this match. Yeah? What do you mean? The fact that they brought out Braun to be like, man, I'm cashing in after this. And then him not cashing in just to keep people in their seats so they didn't leave early for the Roman Reigns match like they always do was bullshit. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I get they were like, oh, but Brock beat up Braun too much for him to cash in. And he threw his, he threw his title, he threw his money in the bank all the way up the ramp. As if Braun can't run over and get it. Like, True. That is true. I, I just thought it was, they just used Braun as like a way to keep people in their seats. And I thought that was ridiculous. Like, everyone thought Braun was going to cash in. And then they end with Roman being like, man, look, I won finally. That is true. Uh, and it wasn't even a match. Like, it, the fact that it was six, like when I was, uh, the fact that it was six minutes was insane to me. The fact that it was like it's a real short match. It was just like, wow, I, I would have thought this match should have been longer, I guess. But I guess Braun. Exactly. Like it wasn't even a match. It was, it was Roman doing some Superman punches and some spears. Brock locking in like one submission hold twice. And then attacking Braun Strowman. And then coming back in and taking another finisher and losing. Like, it was so dumb. Yeah, I mean, this if you get the story of Brock, like, it does feel weird that, like, I i guess this made him nervous or whatever. I, I feel like there should have been more. I don't know. There should have been more, I think. I think it's short, maybe. Uh, what was your meatball rating here? I get, okay, so I have two. I have two for this one. Two? Okay. One, the match I gave was a one, was a one meatball rating because I just thought it was dumb. Mm-hmm. But I'm giving it a hundred because the belt is finally off the Brock, off of Brock. So I'm giving it a hundred meatballs for that because thank fucking god. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you would have given a thousand if it, this took place in the Tokyo Dome. Anyways, uh, I have a question for you, Mikey. Um, does with Roman finally winning the big one off of Brock, does this feel like we this, this could have happened at WrestleMania. This could have happened at Greatest Royal Rumble. This could have happened anytime. Does this now feel like Roman's coronation that we've been so wait so much waiting for? No. Or on the edge of our seats, I guess, for Roman's coronation. Does this feel like it's his time? No, not at all. Really? Okay. Why not? I don't think it felt like a proper coronation. I think it was just like, look, he won, and then they faded to black, like. There was no spectacle to it. Like, it was dumb. Like, it was the, like, if the match was better, if it was a longer match, and they didn't have Braun just standing there just to keep people in their seats, maybe I would have been like, all right, cool, he won, and he's finally the champion. This is finally his time. But it was like a six-minute match where – it was a six-minute finisher fest where Brock wasn't even fighting Roman half the time. Yeah, that is true. I mean, I I agree with you that like, if this was maybe a a, a fifteen minute match with with Roman and Brock going back and forth, no Braun there to 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 disrupt them, and then and then he finally wins it, and then Confetti comes out, like that would feel like a coronation. I'd be like, he proved to himself 
Exactly. Like, that would have felt good. And I would have been like, all right, he did it. Congrats. But Roman won via distraction, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's, that is sort of true. Um, I do have a prediction of what could happen on Monday, even though this would happen again. We are recording Monday morning, releasing Tuesday, so we don't know what's happening at all Monday Night Raw. My prediction for Monday Night Raw is Brock comes out, surprise attacks Roman, then Braun comes out and cashes in for that Universal Championship. I think the story you're going is is he won the big one. He's able to defeat the monster Brock Lesnar, but Braun's now on top. He's the new king of the mountain. Uh, I think that's sort of where, where you should go. That's my prediction, at least, for what happened yesterday. What I would want to happen was I want Kevin Owens to finally get his fucking revenge. I want Kevin Owens to finally get the upper hand on Braun. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're you're a big Kevin Owens fan, I mean. No, but, like, storyline-wise, too, because, like, throughout the whole feud between Kevin and Braun, Kevin has gotten nothing. Sure, he won the cage match, but he got thrown through the table. Like, he didn't really win. Like, Braun has come out on top every single time. And from a storyline perspective, that's just kind of ridiculous. Cause what was the point of the feud? To make Brock look, or to make Braun look more like a monster than we already knew he was? Like... It doesn't. It doesn't help either of their characters. Like it makes Braun look the same and Kevin look worse. That is a good point. <laughs> it's like he was already the monster. How do you make him more monster? I mean, exactly. if it if it ended with putting Kevin Owens like into a safe and throwing him over like a into a river, sure, he's a monster. <laughs> I will say he's more of a monster that way. But like, like murder a guy. That's you're a monster then. But like. I don't know. Like, yeah, you're right. It is sort of he's now the same character, and Kevin is now a loser because he got squashed. Just don't think. I think if Kevin finally gets his revenge, it'll like be like, all right, Kevin Owens is still like is not uh, is not just a, like a fucking jobber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think if he gets if he gets his revenge and like gets that briefcase, I think we can have a cool Kevin Owens cash in on Roman Reigns or Kevin Owens could they can continue the feud and if uh braun does win the universal title we can have a uh kevin owens braun universal title match because i want kevin owens to shine like the star he is that is true that is true but they are not they are they're making him look like a jobber and it's really annoying me (laughs) (laughs) well hopefully uh we can figure that all that out and maybe we can make Kevin Owens not look like the jobber he currently kind of is on our booking show for Hit the Book Smackdown Live. When we come back, we will start booking the first episode of our Smackdown Live episode with our brand new roster. Uh when we'll see everyone when we come back. Let's do this. Mikey, I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm very excited. See you guys after the commercial <laughs> break. You're still like a little angry about Kevin Owens. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we'll see everyone when we get back. We are back. We are here, Ryan and Mikey, 
for a the first the first time we were to book after that hour long SummerSlam takeover review. We are here to give you people what you deserve. Us booking SmackDown Live, the first and only SmackDown Live booking podcast. Us hit the books. Let us do this, Mikey. There are several things we have to get out of the way first. I think it's fair to say we have to after everything that's happened at SummerSlam. If you have not listened to our preview episode where we have drafted our roster. Go listen to that. Um, we drafted a bunch of people, including Seth Rollins is now on SmackDown. Drew McIntyre is now on SmackDown. Uh, Bailey is on SmackDown. Nia Jax is on SmackDown. Um, who else? Uh, the Revival are now on SmackDown. There are a bunch of people that we have drafted over to SmackDown. Um, there are people that we've lost on SmackDown. Uh, we no longer have um, who we no longer have Samoa Joe. Uh, we no longer have. Um, uh, new day uh there's some people so go listen to the preview episode go listen to us draft our roster but after everything that's happened at SummerSlam, there's some things we need to figure out mikey first off uh the deleter of worlds who are now our, our smackdown tag team with matt hardy i guess taking a backseat role or backstage role i should say uh and sort of i guess being injured we'll find out on monday tonight for us um about whether or not he's continuing to wrestle, but it doesn't seem like it for our sakes. Should we have the deleter world still be a tag team or should we lose Matt Hardy and gain a single star and Bray Wyatt? I think we keep him together for now until we hear the official wording on what's going on with Matt Hardy. And once we figure out what's going on with Matt, then we will, then we could um, split them up as needed. Okay. Okay. That is a good, that sounds like a good plan. Um, uh, who is next up? Seth Rollins. I mean, he won the IC title tonight. He is now on SmackDown. Does he keep the IC title? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I think that's real simple and real easy. He comes over. Um, um, SmackDown Women's Champion. We came into it with Carmella. Uh, Charlotte won it at SmackDown with Becky turning heel. What do we do with that whole women's situation? I think we keep. I think we give the title to Charlotte and keep Becky face actually for right now. Okay, okay. Update it so now it's Charlotte Flair and keep Becky as face. Okay. Turn her heel on our own terms. Ooh, I like it. I like it, sir. Um, I like that stuff. Okay, um, so let's switch this. You're right. So let us switch this to Charlotte is now the women's champion. Whoa, that's something. I don't know what happened over there. Charlotte is now the women's champion. There we go. Carmella is still a heel. Becky is, however, can staying as a face, and we'll turn her on her own die, maybe. Um, okay, we are here to book. Besides those sort of SummerSlam updates, our, how we, Mikey and I have decided we're coming at this is we, it is like you're opening WWE Universe mode on a 2K game for the first time. There's, there's, I guess old rivalries don't really exist. Current rivalries aren't happening. We are starting at fresh face value with these sort of feuds and everything was happening. So, what we decide to do matchups is how we decide from going forward. The Charlotte, like we said, Charlotte, Becca, Charlotte and Becky aren't really a thing right now anymore. Um, Daniel Bryan, The Miz. Um, if we want to continue that, we'll continue that, or we'll move on to someone else. Totally up to us. This is our um fantasy factory that we are going to work with so mikey if you are all ready to go and i am all ready to go i believe it is now time for the first time to hit the books 
Mikey, are you ready? I'm so ready to hit the books. Let's do it. Okay. Well, then, without further ado, we have our first card to line up. We have a bunch of people. Again, listen to our preview episode to see who we have officially drafted. We'll talk about them as we kind of match them up with people. But we have a lot of things to do. Uh, SmackDown, first episode, what we'll do is every match sort of on SmackDown is four to five matches. We get to decide either four or five matches. We'll get the show opener out of the way. And if we have stuff intermediately, we'll talk about it. We've done this before. Trust us. You, we know. What we're, trust us. We, we, we know what we're doing. Um, uh, Mikey, let, let's figure out what we're doing first. Um, there's a lot of stuff we can do with this. We have the WWE Championship, the Women's Championship, the United States title, and the Tag Team title. What do, we, what, do, what do you think we should do first? Maybe figure out the WWE Championship scene? I don't know. What do, what do you want to do first? I think we can figure it. Let's let's figure out the the let's figure out the championship scenes and then book from there. I think. Okay, so first off, um, let's do the let's do the tag team titles. What are we gonna do with the tag team titles? We have the Bludgeon Brothers champions. Who? What's the next rivalry? Uh, so the the Bludgeon the blah, 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 the Bludgeon <laughs> Brothers is champions. Um, the Bubba the Bubba Buzz. The Um. How do we figure out a new number one contender? Well, you know I'm a big fan of tournaments. Uh, yeah. Whether whether or not we do a tournament here, we have eight tag teams, including the Bludgeon Brothers, so we might not be able to do like a proper tournament. Um, but actually, the clones are injured, so we could do it with six. Um, oh, That's true. we could easily do it with six. We can do tr- triple threat matches. A triple threat match tournament. So you got you got the Usos and the Sanity and the Slater and Rhino uh, on one triple threat side, and the other triple threat side is the Leader of Worlds, the Bar, and the Revival. I actually love that. <laughs> I made that out of my butt just now, and I think it's actually really good start. <laughs> I like that a lot. Okay, so we have a, like a triple threat tournament almost. Um for the number one contendership. So on one side in a triple... Th- yeah, so two triple threat tag team matches and the winners of those two matches will face each other and whoever wins that is number one contender. Yes, who then will go on to face the Bludgeon Bros. Uh, I said one side... What did I say was one side? The Usos, uh, Sanity, and Slater and Rhino, I believe? I think so. Uh, on one side and... Who we got on this other side? Um, the Deleter of Worlds, uh, the Bar, and the Revival are on the other side. Um, uh, okay. Well, then I say let's. We're gonna announce this tournament. Uh, I don't know if it's the show opener. I don't think it's the show opener. Maybe yet, but we'll announce this tournament. I guess. How are we gonna announce it? What's which which matchup do you want to have first? I think we have. Uh... <laughs> I'm thinking the Deleter of Worlds Bar Revival. As our first matchup. I agree. Um, I also think that the leader of world shouldn't win just in case Matt Hardy is like, yo, what's up? I'm out. <laughs> in case Matt Hardy's like, guess what? My spine and my tailbone are now one. It's my spine bone. Uh, it's, it's, we're tail, tail pine. <laughs> it's my spine bone. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. Um, is, is it the main event? I don't know. I guess maybe we'll figure that later. I'll write that in as one of our matches, and we'll figure out sort of where it goes depending on other other matches we have set up. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Mikey, talk to me about your thoughts on the United States Championship scene with Shinsuke as the U.S. champion. What do you want to do with it? Um, 
so I guess are we doing this right after SummerSlam? Like, are we starting right after SummerSlam, or are we just starting like wherever? This would be the Tuesday after SummerSlam. Okay, so Shinsuke came off his win against Hardy, um, but Hardy's on Raw, so that's a good start to that. I think that feud was over, anyways, so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. Um. So Shinsuke needs a new challenger. Who who our faces are are Styles, but he's the WWE Championships. So that might not actually work. Uh, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins, Rusev, kind of a face, I guess. Finn Balor and Sin Cara. Any of these striking your heel heel against heel, Shinsuke Nakamura. Any of these coming out to you? I'm like in. Uh, I'm like in. We we uh, put Finn Balor in this U.S. title uh, spot for now. I think Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura feud could be very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I have my two pitches to you are either Finn Balor or Seth Rollins. The thing is, I was thinking um, Seth can go after AJ. Mm-hmm. Because I think Seth Rollins is is a main eventer. And I think we can use him as such. So that's why I pitched Balor. Yeah, because I think Balor is also Balor is better is a better fit as a mid carder than Seth Rollins is. I think we should use Seth Rollins like put him in the put him in the the spotlight that he has so very much like earned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I can see that. I can't. I cannot spell Nakamura to save my life. Um, here we go. Got it. Nailed it. Okay, so we have a uh, Balor Nakamura in the U.S. Championship scene. We could maybe throw in a third person if we so choose, um, but I do like Balor Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Maybe that maybe a third person comes in down the line. Um, women's championship with Charlotte as the new champion. Who do you think is a good challenger for her? Mm, Becky. <laughs> I know I said we weren't going to turn her yet, but we don't have to yet. I think Becky could still be like, hey, you stole my shot. And I still kind of want that. What? A, oh, so maybe a Charlotte Becky, but Becky's still face here. Like Beck, like let's say it could be Charlotte Becky, but in our world, Becky didn't attack Charlotte yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's. I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair compromise. I like that. Charlotte uh, with and Becky, but Becky has not turned heel yet, or Charlotte has not turned heel yet, or whatever. However you do it, she did not attack Charlotte at SummerSlam, but Charlotte did win. Um, so we can see where that goes as a possible feud. <clears throat> and finally, your WWE champion, AJ Styles. Who do we put in that hunt for the title picture? You mentioned Seth Rollins. Is who is that who we're putting up there? I was thinking Seth Rollins or Kevin Owens could be good in that spot too. What if we put both of them? Yeah, I mean, we could do both. Styles, Rollins, and Owens. I like that. So we'll do Styles... Seth Rollins. We can have, yeah, that's cool. I like Rollins and Owens. Styles, Rollins, and Owens as a triple feud for the WWE Championship. Um, we don't have, none of these are really matches we're setting up here. They're just sort of rivalries we're putting in here. So now let's actually sort of formulate the show. We have a rivalry sort of set up. Is there, oh, I should say, Mikey, are there any other rivalries you want to put together? Or is it, or do you want to set the matches and see what forms from our noggins? Um, I do have one other rivalry in mind. Yes. Elias and Aiden English. Ah, yes. What came out of our preview episode? I I like the... Okay, so in our preview episode, we said singing tag team. 
And I think that could start as a feud and become them and like have them become a team. So maybe a feud starting the Rusev day of Rusev and Aiden English versus Elias. Mm -hmm. Elias and somebody, or maybe not. I don't know. I don't, I don't know who Elias would work with. Um, I do have an idea of where, where to put them. I feel like it's a, Maybe a match three. Maybe it could type. just be Aiden English versus Elias, and Rusev can just be in the corner for now. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, I actually, I think that would be a good match. I think we have a match that of Elias starts singing, then Aiden English is like, or whatever, coughs or whatever, and then he comes out. He comes out and interrupts him like right before, like he like he does that thing like where it's like right before. Speaking of Elias, we forgot to talk about his spot last night at SummerSlam. It was very funny. Anyway, <laughs> it was very funny. I felt yes. kind of bad for him. I'm thinking Rusev versus Elias or Aiden English versus Elias. Uh, I think English versus Elias. Okay. With Actually, Rusev in the corner. Okay. okay. No, Rusev versus Elias because then that's a good way for English to interrupt uh, Elias. Because he could start singing Rusev's like intro. Yep, I agree. I think that's a good match three as well. Not to not to book a card yet, but I think it's in there. Let's keep it in there. Um, any other feuds you feel necessary to put in he- in here? Um, not right now, really. I mean, maybe Miz and Daniel Bryan. We can keep going. Mm-hmm. Let's let's sort of see how we go, I guess, uh, with our matches. Um. Okay, well, we have four or five matches we can place into our card, and we also have the show opener that we have to set up um, in some sort of main event sort of scene. We have two matches kind of in place, the triple threat of the leader of worlds, the bar, and the revival uh, all against each other for a shot, a tournament for a shot at the Bludgeon Brothers, um, and also an Elias and Rusev match. Um, where do you want to put these matches? What, what, sheds, what comes out at you? Um, I think Elias and Rusev, like you said, was a good match three. Okay. And I think the triple threat could be right before the main event. So I think it could be like three and four. Okay, that's fine. Um, Rusev, that match of Elias versus Rusev, it's going to be Elias sort of starts singing at the very beginning like he usually does. Then Aiden English comes out, interrupts, intros Rusev, and we go into that match. I feel like that makes the most sense. I think that's what we've been talking about. I can't spell English for whatever reason. Okay, and then you said Deleter of Worlds, Barn Revival, and Match 4. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm doing a lot of typing here. Give me a second. What other matches are you thinking, Mikey? Um, I was thinking for I was thinking of a show opener more. That's fine. That give me something. I I'm liking it. Show opener I had two thoughts in mind. One we have AJ Styles come out and be like, yo, I beat Samoa Joe. Now he's on Raw. Yes. I need a new, like, open challenge for the WWE title. Or, like, not open challenge, but, like, open call. Who wants to Who wants to fight for it? Uh, then Seth Rollins comes out and he's like, me. And then Kevin Owens comes up behind him and he's like, no, me. And then yes. we can have a Kevin okay. Owens-Seth yeah, Rollins yeah. match to see who the new number one contender is. Ooh, in our main event. Ooh. And the second thing I was thinking, Miz TV. Oh, okay. 
Ms. TV. Hmm. Hmm. Ms. TV. Special guest. A Dan Bryan. <laughs> Dan Bryan is my favorite thing I've ever said <laughs> in my life. Um, we should. We could certainly do both. We could do show opener. WB champion AJ Styles comes out and sort of like says, I need a new opponent. Who wants to, wants to be Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens come out. And that sets up for a main event of Rollins versus Owens. Um, I also like the idea of doing Miz TV. I think maybe that could be, maybe we can move Elias and Rusev to match two and then have Miz TV as sort of a match three spot. Take up that segment. Yeah, I like that. Okay, then let me adjust everything over here. Um, you said Miz TV is going to be the Miz and Daniel Bryan. What 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 happens? I think Miz inviting Daniel Bryan on to gloat about his win at SummerSlam could be very good. That is true. That is true. Um, okay, so what what sort of happens? There's going to be gloating. There's going to be gloating by the Miz. But what happens if what happens at the end of this? I think Miz tries to pull some shenanigans again on Brian to like get the upper hand, but Brian kind of sees this one coming because of how SummerSlam went. And Brian, I think, beats the absolute snot out of Miz. Like, really bad. Okay, I like that. Like, not like blood, but like bad. Yeah. Like, like Brian gets a chair like bad. Like, he goes hard. Ooh, ooh, I like it. Uh, I like it. Uh, we also said, or you said, sorry, that it would be a Rollins versus Owens in a, I guess, a number one contendership for the WB champion championship. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make the pitch here, Mikey. Um, AJ Styles on commentary. Yes, I love that. Okay, Styles on commentary. Uh, what other matches do we have here? We also have the show opener of Styles asking for a new a new sort of, I guess, fight, new person to fight. Both Rollins and Owens comes out, uh, makes their claim, and then Paige makes a number one contendership match for in the main event tonight, I assume. Yep. Um, any other matches? We only have one other match spot here, so I assume that something in the women's division will take place. Yes, I was about to say, we need a women's match. Yes, we do. We, could do, we can do Carmella can invoke her rematch clause. Ooh, I like that a lot. For show opener, Carmelo is that ooh, is that show opener? Ooh. Oh man, I feel like that's gotta be the main event. It's a women's title. It's a title that's on the line. Hmm. I don't know where to put these matches. <laughs> how about how about okay, 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 I figured it all out. I'm a genius. Let's do triple threat for the number one contendership tournament. Um, starts as match. Let's just move everything up. Literally, just move everything up. So Elias Rusev is now match one. Miz TV is match two. The leader of Worlds Bar Revival is now match three. Rollins Owens match four with a women's match closing out as the main event. What What are your thoughts on that, Mikey? I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. 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 Flair versus Carmella for the SmackDown Women's Championship in our main event. And immediately, Mikey, just like that, our card is set up. 
We have the show opener of Styles asking for a new contender, and both Rollins and Owens make their claim. Then Paige makes a match for tonight. Elias and Rusev matchup with Elias singing in English, interrupting Elias for the Rusev intro. Then we have Miz TV of Brian. Miz gloating about his win at SummerSlam, and Brian just just destroys the Miz. A triple threat for the number one contendership tournament. The leader of worlds, the bar, and the revival against each other. Rollins and Owens for the number one contendership of the WWE Championship with Styles on commentary. And then the SmackDown Women's Championship. That is what we have set up here. Um, Mikey, I think it's time we got to start picking some winners and picking out what happens on these actual matches. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Let's see what we can do here. Um, I guess first match we have Elias and Rusev. So we have Elias comes out singing, strumming his guitar. English interrupts him like me, 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 whatever. Does that Rusev intro and Rusev comes out. Ooh, Machka crush or whatever. Uh, and we have Elias versus Rusev. Who wins this matchup and how? I think Elias wins this. Okay. I think it's Elias wins and... I don't want to say it's English's fault because I don't want to copy WWE too much, but I think it could be English's fault. And that's how we kind of set up the English-Elias feud. Mm-hmm. Or sort of like the Elias trying to be like, come to me. Yeah. So maybe maybe Elias wins kind of clean here. You think he wins clean? Or what, is, what does English do to sort of like mess up? So I think maybe like Elias like in the ring starts singing and then English like gets up on the on the apron and like it's like no that's my thing i'm the singer here and then they start kind of arguing and russo's like yo chillax and then elias kind of went through the roll-up rinse of the roll-up okay yeah yeah okay um later in the match i guess uh elias <laughs> sings at who's he sing at rusev or english he could just be like maybe he can like have rusev down and then he can just be you can just like start singing to the crowd about like how he's kicking Rusev's butt. Mm-hmm. Then English gets offended. Um English gets offended. Rusev gets distracted. Then uh Elias wins with that roll up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what if like while while like English is singing, Elias is like kinda looking at him like Oh damn. <laughs> like that's, <laughs> that's not bad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, Miz TV, Brian, Miz is gloating about the win. Brian then destroys the Miz. Not much more to say about here. Uh, he's just sort of destroying the Miz aggressively with chairs and all. Um, excited about where that could go. Yeah, Miz is like, how does it feel to know I'm superior to you? You're still my rookie or whatever, you know, stuff Ooh. like that. Oh, you're still my rookie. You're still not good enough. Even though the Miz kind of not kind of he cheated, um, oh man, I'm excited about that. Uh, I am very excited about that, Mikey. Uh, okay, moving on to match number three of this tournament: the leader of worlds, the bar, the revival, number one contendership tournament for the SmackDown Women's not Women SmackDown Women's Championship, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships for the Bludgeon Brothers. We talked about, or you said that that I sort of agree with the leader of the world should probably not win here because we're not entirely positive on Matt Hardy's situation. So it comes down to the barn revival. Who gets a shot? Mm, I think the bar. 
Yeah. Yeah, as much as I want the Revival to win here. I think the bar out of the three of these guys is the best. It's just the best tag team. Yeah, I mean they're 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 a solid unit. I mean the revival the revival are amazing tag team. They're they're probably one of my favorite tag teams. But like, who gets a shot towards the title? I think right now it's the bar. I think we could definitely work the revival in later, and they could definitely get a shot further down the line because I agree with you. They're a great tag team and they're great together, and they're definitely contenders. But I think in this triple threat match, I think the bar comes out on top. Okay, how does how does the bar get the win here? Who pins whom? Um I think maybe there's like a little bit of a scramble toward the end where it's like like maybe like Bray Wyatt and like Dasher in the the ring and like Bray Wyatt Dash and like Sheamus or Cesaro or something are in the ring and they could be like it could be like kind of like one of those big breakdown moments where everyone comes in the ring and does all their finishers and then like finally like both like both the bar members show up and do like their fin their uh their tag team finisher on whoever's in the ring still standing. That was a that was a weird mouthful of a sentence. <laughs> I'll say that like yeah, they everyone does their finisher. It ends up with the bar doing their finisher on uh Matt Hardy. I think it's okay if Matt Hardy eats the pin here. Yeah, it's like it's like maybe like the Bible are going for like the shatter machine and then like uh, Cesaro interrupts it, and then like Sheamus takes out uh the other one whose name is slipping me right now. Um, Dawson or Dash? Yeah, that's it. I was thinking Dawson. I was thinking Cesaro could take out Dash, and Sheamus could take out Dawson, and then it's just Matt Hardy in the ring because he was about to get the Shatter Machine. Yeah, but then he eats the Bar's finisher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Um. And yeah, and then Matt Hardy gets the pin. I guess whoever's the legal man, let's just say Cesaro. Cesaro pins Matt Hardy. That's fine. Um, Ooh, wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. minute. Hold on. Hold the presses. What? Oh, I just thought something so cool. I like it. I like cool. Is it spicy? I think it's pretty spicy. What if the revival's going for the Shatter Machine on Matt Hardy? And as. Let's say like who does the who does like the code breaker? I'm I'm not I don't really know the revival that well. I haven't seen too many of their matches, so like I'm kind of like I don't really know who does what. I bo- I want to say I want to say Dash. Okay, it could be Dawson. So, I think, but I want to say Dash. Let's say uh, Dawson gets the gets Matt up, but then Cesaro shoves Dash out of the way and hits him with the uppercut while he's coming down. Yes, it is Dash, by the way. Yes, yes. So, like, Sin gets Matt up, and then Cesaro, instead of instead of the Shatter Machine hitting, Cesaro, like, shoves Dash out of the way and gets that, like, cool, like, uppercut that he does. Yes. When Matt comes down, and then Sheamus takes out Dawson right after that happens, and then one, two, three, pin. So, so who's pinning whom? Uh, Cesaro's pinning Matt Hardy. Okay, so we're sticking with that. Okay, yeah. I like it. I like it, Mikey. I like it. With all that, with all that... Upper, I love it when Cesaro, I just love because I like I like Cesaro uppercutting people just out of nowhere because it just feels like an RKO sort of like move, just like a, his uppercuts are just like devastating and just like RKO esque. I just I just like it for a reason. I don't know why. I just really like it. That's what I'm saying. Like while they're setting up for the Shatter Machine, like he slides in and shoves Dash out of the way, then just bam nails Matt Hardy mm-hmm. while he's coming down while he's coming down off of Dawson. 
Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I think that could be cool. Uh, I feel like there should be some sort of backstage segment with Nakamura. You think so? Maybe. Or Finn or something. Where do we fit that? Maybe maybe can we just, like, welcome Finn? Can we have a backstage segment where we welcome Finn to SmackDown? Uh, he's like, great to be here. He's all smiling, and he's like, I love my duster. Um, and then, <laughs> I love my duster. And then Shinsuke just comes out and is like, long time no see. Welcome to SmackDown. Um, and then just Ooh, walks away. I like that. He just walks away, and that's it. What if Shinsuke goes... One time no see. Welcome to SmackDown. Nutshot and walks away. Oh no, we can't. We no, we are not doing a nutshot here. He, I, <laughs> this is a normal backstage segment. Shinsuke is not. I, I'm putting my foot down on that one, Mikey. <laughs> I was, I was mostly kidding anyway. Okay, good. <laughs> welcome. We welcome Finn to Smack SmackDown. To the, to the SmackDown brand, the blue brand, the blah blah, blah blah blah. I can't talk either today. We, you of the Bludgeon Brothers, me of the blue brand. Uh, welcome to the SmackDown. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura walks over, um, and it's just like, "Hey, welcome. Thanks. Long time no see." I like that. Maybe sets up something interesting. The idea of Balor and Nakamura is interesting. Put that out there. Maybe will people be possibly upset about you know, Balor and Nakamura after whatever happened with Styles and Nakamura? Who knows? That's not my problem to deal with. I guess it is. We are the bookers. I guess it is my problem to deal with. We'll figure that out later. Next up, Rollins versus Owens for the number one contendership for the WWE Championship with Styles on commentary. What are we thinking? Um, I feel like this. Neither of them win. I was about to say the same thing. I think it ends in a draw. Okay, how does this end in a draw? And does Styles get involved in any way? I don't think Styles get involved. I think what happens is, like, Rollins and Owens, like, beat the crap out of each other, and then they both go for a super kick, and they both kick each other in the face and kind of knock each other out. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, like, they super kick each other, and then none of them can enter the 10 count, so they just kind of call it a draw. Yeah, and then we just have Styles and commentary being like, oh, sh- sh- poop. Yeah, right. Oh poop, because Styles doesn't curse. Oh poop! Oh, no. I'm so, I'm a Southern boy. I'm a Southern boy. I love peaches and all oh, poop. They got they got Rollins and Owens got a got a draw. Who am I gonna got a draw? Who am I gonna face? Rollins and Owens. My my daughter Cindy or whatever. That's my wife's name. I don't know. Uh, Wendy. Who am I gonna face now? Rollins or Owens? Oh jeez. Oh. Styles, oh, clash. That's exactly what Styles sounds like. How did you know? You got it. You nailed it right on the head. I he he's actually here with me right now. How's it going, AJ? <laughs> oh, it's going great. I got new tattoos of my child. Everyone, welcome special guest AJ Styles. Oh, thanks for all having me on your show. Hit the books. I'm a big fan of this show. I, I love it with my southern drawl. <laughs> I love my children. I love Jesus, and the f- earth is not flat. It is totally not flat. I can assure you. I just seen some evidence. <laughs> oh my god! Anyways, <laughs> thank you, AJ. Anyways. For, thank you, AJ, for coming on the show. <laughs> See everyone. I'm gonna go listen to some more Kid Rock. <laughs> Bye, AJ. See you next week. Okay. Um. <laughs> God, I can't believe we got AJ Styles in our first episode. I mean, what a get. It was crazy, right? Uh, I don't know how we did that. That was amazing. It's, I don't, I don't, 
God, he's just he's a great guy. Um, next up for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Flair versus Carmella. Who wins here? Flair. Uh, Flair wins here. I totally agree. Um, I honestly, Mikey, I don't think anyone gets involved. I think just Flair wins. I agree. Flair just easy peasy mops up Carmella. Yeah. I think I think Flair wins. I think we have Becky backstage watching, like on the monitor, so we can mm-hmm. continue that like streak of like, oh look at all these people looking at the monitor and watching people's matches from like a weird side angle. Yeah, I think it's like she's watching, but then Flair wins and stands extra tall at the end of this show after winning the title off of Carmella at SummerSlam. But yeah, I think I yeah I'm good with that. I'm good with that. If you're good with that, yep. Okay. Well then, should I give a little bit of a um, give a little bit of a roundup of what's happening on this first episode, Mikey? Yeah, let's get a quick recap of uh, of our card right now. <clears throat> okay, the recap. AJ, get out of here. Um, show number one, show opener. Styles and asking for a new contender, and both Rollins comes out and Kevin Owens makes their claim. Styles is just like, "Hey, I want, I want a new person. I beat Samoa Joe." He's on Raw. He left because, for whatever reason, again, we're not promo writers here. He left because I beat him so bad. I beat him. I, I beat him so bad with my with my southern drawl and my legs that can just flip around. And I just, I just, AJ, get out of here. I'm doing a show. Um, he, God, he's so annoying. Um, Styles comes out. That's for a new contender. Both Rollins and Owens comes out. I, let's say Owens comes out first. And then Rollins comes out and make they both make in their claims as former champions. Then Paige comes out says, "Hey, hey everyone, I got it. Number one contendership for tonight: Rollins and Owens." Um, and we'll let's see what happens. Um, next up, Elias is out here singing a song, hating on the crowd of whoever city we're in. Somehow rhyming the city's name with another word. Um, English interrupts, interrupts me, 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 uh, interrupts, says something about how today is going to be cray because today is Rusev day. Rusev Machka, uh, comes out, uh, Rusev Elias fight, uh, Elias that at one point sings to the crowd about how great he is. English gets offended, stands on the apron. is like, Hey, that's my thing. Uh, Rusev is like, yo, English, calm down. Elias wins with a roll up on Rusev. Next up, Miz TV with Daniel Bryan. Miz there gloating about his win against Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam, saying, hey, what's it like knowing that you are still the rookie and I'm the pro? Uh, Sort of allowing Bryan to snap a little bit and just go on the the feral attack on the Miz, attacking him with all sorts of things, Um, um, uh, heel hooks, um, um, dragon screws. That's the word I was thinking of. Dragon screws, just going for that leg, mate. Let's just go. Let's just say going for that leg with heel hooks and dragon screws and the chair shots just on his leg, um, just attacking. Oh, what him. if he does the thing where he puts his leg in the chair and then stomps on it? Yes, exactly. He just does that. He just does that. Just destroys his leg over and over and over again. Um, because Brian is all about uh, limb manipulation. Um, next up, a triple threat match for the number one contendership. One of our matches in the tournament for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We have the leader of worlds, Bray Hardy, Bray Hardy, Bray Wyatt, and Matt Hardy versus the Bar versus the Revival. Um, 
uh, everything that you said about Revival going for the Shatter Machine, but in Cesaro and Sheamus get out of it um, and beat them all up. And then they do their finishing move on Matt Hardy. Uh, the Bar does their finishing move on the Matt Hardy, allowing the Bar to both win against the Revival and the Leader of Worlds, but also move on into the next matchup of the tournament uh, against whoever may win next week. We'll find out, I guess. Uh, next, we have a backstage segment where where, where our commentator, who who is our backstage commentator on SmackDown? Who is that? What's their name? Is it Charlie? Is it Charlie Caruso? It sounds right. It, I feel like it's Charlie. Doesn't Renee do it on SmackDown, I thought? I want to say it's Charlie Caruso. That sounds Does right. Does Renee do it on SmackDown? He's Charlie, actually. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, our SmackDown ba- backstage commentator, either Charlie Caruso or that other girl, I forget her name. Uh, whatever her name is, I forget her name. Um, she's welcoming Finn Balor to SmackDown Live. But who comes out and sort of interrupts that discussion? None other than Shinsuke Nakamura saying, long time no see, welcome to SmackDown. And then just sort of like does a weird hand thing with his U.S. title and walks away. And Balor's like smiling like, oh man, my duster's a little dusty. Um, but thank you, I guess. Um, next up, Rollins versus Owens for the number one contendership for the WWE Championship with Styles on commentary. Rollins and Owens fight for a very good fight, but they both super kick each other, allowing... Neither of them to reach the 10 count um, uh, or, uh, and ending in a draw and Styles gets all upset because now who's who's the number one contender? I guess neither of them. I guess Styles is saying that, hey, none of them could beat of each other. They Neither of them make their claim. Neither have, have made their claim certain. So I guess maybe Styles comes at it like that. Like, oh, I guess none of them are the champion or number one contender because they both lost. I guess maybe they'll come out like that, or like neither, no one, no one beat the other, so we'll come out maybe like at that angle. And then finally, in our main event for f- the SmackDown Women's Championship, uh, Carmella using her r- rematch clause against Charlotte Flair, the new champion. Flair wins. Becky's watching from the back of the monitor from a very, very side angle. Uh, I don't know how she's able to watch TV that way, but Flair wins single-handedly against Carmella um, and we get to see what happens on the next episode. And that closes out our first episode of SmackDown Live following Smack SummerSlam and our first booked episode of Hit the Books. Mikey, Mikey, how do you feel? I feel I feel pretty good. This is a great opening show and I think a good follow-up to SummerSlam. Yes, I... 100, 1 million percent agree. Um, But it is time, now that we have successfully booked this episode, Mikey, it is time to use our randomizer. It is the first time we have used this on the show. If you don't know, um, someone once famously said that anything could happen in WWE. So we here at Hit the Books try to replicate that idea the best we can with our randomizer. We have a list of various things like injuries, call-ups, turns, any sort of thing that we will randomly pick and we must include into our show, wherever that may be. If someone's going to get injured, they're going to get injured, and that's going to mess us up. If we're getting NXT call-up all of a sudden, we have to somehow, I guess, include them. Um, A title match, a title change, a botch match ending, a heel turn, face turn, uh, whatever happens, gimmick changes, it will happen with our randomizer. 
Um, Mikey, uh, do you want to use? Do you want to randomize it, or should I randomize it? Um, I could do it. Yeah, then go for it, Mikey. Without further ado, you'll do it this week. Can you please refresh your page and and click a randomizer, and let's see what happens with our show. Yep, uh, I am refreshing. Let's see. Drum roll. Okay, so we got on our randomizer. We got controversy. Vince wants to book a controversial moment. Okay. <clears throat> controversy Vince whistles to book a controversial moment. This is what I, I, I added this into this thing after hearing about um that sometimes Vince likes to book controversy, like with for example, the SmackDown the first ever Money in the Bank women's Money in the Bank match. He wanted controversy and no knew that controversy would happen with it, with having James Ellsworth win that champion or well, win kind of win it, I guess. Um so sometimes Vince wants people to uh have controversy and get and get upset once the audience to purposely get upset so we have to find a way to do that um how do we do that hmm how do we do that okay okay how do we drum up controversy how do we do something that makes the audience upset hmm. <laughs> so what in these like what do we have in our card right now that has has what in our card right now has like the best chance of having something controversial happening do you think I mean honestly not much it's a pretty standard TV match there's not much like controversial things happening I mean you could maybe controversy in sort form of like Carmelo wins the title back that's not really a con that's more of an upset maybe sort of controversy sort of thing okay maybe 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 okay maybe Be- what if becky tries to help carmella win interesting interesting no that's dumb that's dumb okay no hold on let's not poo poo it because if we hate it maybe it's a good thing <laughs> like what if the ref gets knocked out in the match and Becky runs out and both Carmella and Charlotte like down, like some big move happened. Like maybe like Charlotte was going for a moonsault and Carmella pulled the ref in the way and tried to like roll away or something like that. Or like maybe they both got, maybe like she tried to pull the ref in front of her, but like, they both get caught in it, and everyone's just kind of down. I don't know. Yes. No. Yeah, yes, yes. I like it. They're, everyone's down. The ref, Carmella, Charlotte Flair, they're all down after a, a nasty moonsault off from Charlotte Flair. They're all down for the count. Becky comes out, presumably to help her best friend, Charlotte Flair. But instead, um, let's say... I don't, let's say she helps Charlotte up, then does a Bexploder on her, mm-hmm. then drags Carmella onto Charlotte's body. One, two, three. Carmella wins back the SmackDown Women's Championship. And guess who raises her hand? Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch raises Carmella's hand and walks out together. That's 
that's controversy. That's like, I'm sorry, what? Not only did Becky turn heel, but she's teaming with Carmella. I I don't think I don't see it as her teaming with Carmella. I see it as more Carmella is an easier target for Becky. Okay. Like I see it as okay. Becky's okay. helping Carmella win because Becky knows she can take out Carmella way easier than she can take out Charlotte, you know? Yes, that is true. That is true. But is that controversy? What if she helps Carmella what if she helps Carmella win and then raises her hand and then Carmella goes to like take her hand away, but Becky doesn't let go and puts Carmella in a disarmor and walks out with nobody. Interesting. Oh no, oh my gosh, okay. You know, like she helped Carmella win, and then just to show that she's not with Carmella also takes out Carmella. Okay. Okay, I can get behind that. I can get behind that. Uh so so in this main event match. Charlotte Flair does a moonsault off the top rope onto Carmella, who at the last second gets the referee aside. They they hit she, Charlotte hits both the referee and Carmella. Everyone's down. Becky Lynch comes out, presumably to help Charlotte. She helps her up. Then, oh, what was happening? Beck Sploder onto Charlotte. Becky does a Beck Sploder onto Charlotte. Then drags Carmella on to Charlotte Flair. Carmella, one, two, three pins and wins back the SmackDown Women's Championship from Charlotte Flair less than two days from having losing it to Charlotte Flair. Becky goes, raises Carmella's hand. Carmella looks at her like, uh, confused, like what, uh, I guess. And then Carmella is like, oh, I guess this is a good thing. Starts like cheering, like, I hey, moonwalking, moonwalking, I'm cool. Then Becky's like, Becky doesn't let go of her ha- arm. She maintain just like an Okada in New Japan. She maintains that wrist control, puts her into a let's say a backsploder again, goes from backsploder, grabs Carmella again, disarm her on Carmella. She's like trying to tap out, but this isn't a match. This isn't a match. What you're talking about? This is just free for all. With Flair and now Carmella down, Becky Lynch walks out of the arena, standing tall, I guess, at the arena. Both now, Carmella is now the women's champion. Becky has turned heel on Charlotte Flair. And not only, unlike the turn at SummerSlam, that has not happened in our universe, she attacks Charlotte Flair, seemingly for no reason. Sort of a, sort of a reason, but seemingly no reason. But then also attacks Carmella. So she's, it's sort of a confused, like, our, the crowd will be like, she's a heel now definitely but like what the is she what what is happening controversy what's gonna happen now what's gonna happen next that is what happens in our main event of this episode of hit the books mikey i like it i'm good with it and that uh, technically now if that's everything if that's everything off of our chest mikey and we have successfully booked this episode of hit the books this is it Thank you all for listening to Hit the Books, our inaugural first episode of Hit the Books. Again, listen to the preview episode if you have not, but thank you all for listening to this first episode, number one episode of Hit the Books. Thank you all for listening. For more wrestling fun, you can come be a part of the booking community and follow us on Twitter at Hit the Books. They're starting next week. 
I'm going to explain it all. I said I'm going to explain it in the preview episode. But I'm going to explain it all. They are starting next week. You can join in on our preview and results polls before and after every new episode and hit us with your feedback on how we book the show. What that means is that every Monday you can go to at hit the books pod and vote in several preview matches, voting how you like those matchups and seeing sort of like, oh, 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 oh Carmella versus Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship. That could be interesting. I like that. Or no, I don't like that. That That's silly. Uh, then on Tuesday, you listen to that new episode of Hit the Books. And on Wednesday, there will then be a results poll, poll where you can vote on how you like the booking of the various matchups. So, for instance, oh, sh- you see go like sh- Carmella defeats Charlotte for the SmackDown Women's Championship with Becky Lynch's help. Becky Lynch attacks both Carmella and Charlotte and walks away standing tall. How would you like that booking? I'll give it a three or a four or a two or a one and A, B, C, D, whatever we have. So follow at Hit the Books Pod to see what we are talking about and be a part of the show. If you have ideas on what to add to our randomizer, you can tweet them to at Hit the Books Pod and we can put them into our list, shouting you out when the randomizer is chosen, what will be happening to our booking. Um, an opportunity for you to be not only a part of the show, but be in the show. Hit us with that subscribe, and if you can leave a review on iTunes telling people how much you love Hit the Books, that would be lovely. Reviews on iTunes are really important when you start a new podcast, so if you can revite a, if you can go right now and revi- write a review for our show, we here at Hit the Books would greatly appreciate it. Mikey, it has been a great episode with you. I've had a great time. It's a very, very long episode. We might not have a very long episode again for a while, But that is all for this week's episode of Hit the Books. Until next week on Tuesday, until next time, Mikey, we've got two words for you. Book it.